Portions of Native Roots Radio may be pre-recorded. It's a good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadigi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Zoe, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. That's right. And I just want to remind everyone that this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Well, um, so filling in. Oh, sorry. No, that's all right. Hey, uh, we got a jam-packed show here, Zoe. We got Rachel Thunder and a couple other people talking about uh, what happened yesterday and what led up to yesterday with the rooftop uh, 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 protest and uh, really excited to, to to amplify what's happening. It was a mess. We had Rachel on uh, uh, for a very short time yesterday, Zoe, and a hundred police showed up, you know, for a peaceful protest. It sounds so familiar here on Turtle Island and especially in Minneapolis. So I don't know what was going on with that. We played a lot of the footage when Ogamo was on yesterday and uh, at the end of the show. And it was just, uh, we have to hear an, uh, an update from Rachel and uh, check in with Joe. We haven't had Joe on the show in quite a while. So we're really, really excited. But before we do that, I want to tell everyone we... We talk about native news that you don't hear anywhere else, and I want to uh, bring in Zoe here and talk about what's going on in Turtle Island and uh, the news that you don't hear anywhere else here uh, other than Native Ritz Radio. Thanks, Zoe. Miigwech. Um So our first story today comes from Indian Country Today. Uh, conservationists are hoping hoping to get an emergency court order to block the construction of a Nevada lithium mine after a U.S. judge directed a federal agency to revisit part of the approval of the construction. However, um, the judge has allowed the construction to move forward in the interim. Um, Talasi Brooks, which is a, a lawyer for the Western Watersheds Project, um, was quoted saying that this mine should not be allowed to destroy public land unless and in, until the Ninth Circuit has determined whether it was legally approved. Um, the White House itself has said that this mine, which was planned by the Lithium Nevada Corporation, is necessary to continue efforts to produce raw materials for electric vehicle batteries. Um, Others, however, speak of how it will harm the surrounding ecosystem and pollute the groundwater and air. Um, tribes have also requested relief um, as the site is a sacred site to them. Um, this issue follows a very long history of attacks on native lands, um, similar, of course, to the Dakota Access Pipeline and Line 3 Pipeline. However, now... Um, Indigenous peoples, we must fight back against the nationwide movement for electric cars as they become the next environmental issue that we face. Um, and in other news, um, this is coming from Indians um, website. The U.S. Court of Appeals declared on February 2nd that the ban on access to firearms as it relates to domestic violence is unconstitutional because it does not fit within the U.S. historical tradition of firearm regulation. Um, they went on to say that the rule, they went on to say that unless a crime has been committed um, and the perpetrator has been convicted, um, that that perpetrator is still seen as um, innocent in the eyes of the law. And, you know, Robert, as many of us know, um, there's a lot of reasons why survivors of domestic violence uh, don't feel safe enough to make reports um, to, to law enforcement regarding their abuse. Um, two of the most prevalent fears are that, of course, nothing will come of the report, as we know. Um, I can't remember how many, of course, but recently um, it was found out that there are many, many SANE exams or 
um, also known as rape kits, um, that had not been tested properly um, throughout the country. Um, and because of that, um, you know, survivors know that little can be done about their situation or little probably will be done about their situation, um, which is just a horrible reality that Indigenous women and all of our relatives face day to day. Um, so studies across the U of S have also proven that domestic violence and femicide are critically linked um, due to statistics that state that abusers with access to firearms are five times more likely to kill their female victims. Um, so Strong Hearts Native Helpline CEO Lori Jump was quoted in the article stating that this action has removed one of the few tools that survivors have to protect themselves and their children. It is hard to reconcile the court's reliance on antiquated laws and their perceived intent with the statistics on femicide. Um, so I just want to say also, if your loved one is currently experiencing a domestic violence situation, um, please call or text the Strong Hearts Native Helpline at one 762 8483 That's 1-844-762-8483. Or visit their website at strongheartshelpline.org. Uh, yeah. I just thought that that was pretty... Yeah, go ahead, Robert. That's pretty insane. Yeah, you know, one of the things, too, I just want to... When you were speaking, and we've had Strong Hearts on many times on our show, and what a great organization, and please reach out to that one... 844-762-8433. You know, I, I've witnessed so much in my lifetime about uh, blaming the victim, and that that's huge, too. And I just want to add that to your story, too, that it's, it's a common thing. It's a natural thing where people think that people deserve violence, and um, it's, it's insane. And thank you so much for amplifying that story, Zoe. Mm, yeah, and and you know that goes to say that rape culture is very strong um, within our society and um, in our native community too. We really have to know those signs, um, you know, and and to not and to not affirm this idea that um, to be native is to suffer from violence. I just I've heard that before, and it's really damaging to us as a people. It's really damaging to our youth. Um, so. You know, organizations like the Strong Hearts um, are doing great work and we need more like more of that work going on. Um, on a happier note, um, uh, according to CBC News, a new report has shown that indigenous language learning is on the rise. And, you know, this is coming out of Canada. Um, but we know that uh, we have a lot of language revitalization also going on in the U.S., um, so around 17,000 people are learning their First Nations language in British Columbia. Uh, last year, the province gave $35 million in funding towards supporting language revitalization. However, Indigenous organizations such as the First Peoples Cultural Council, which is actually the organization that made the report, are stating that consistent funding from the government is needed in order to make a true commitment to communities According to the report, there are 34 indigenous languages spoken within the province and around 10,355 people who are fluent speakers, which is really incredible. And, you know, the number is rising, which is really beautiful to see because people have um, the misconception that our languages are dying. But, you know, we really can't we can't believe that because then they will. We have to believe that they're going to continue to thrive no matter what. Um, and. And a last little bit of news, um, you know, Robert, you already mentioned this. Um, so last night, the Minneapolis Police Department conducted a raid um, on the Roof Depot occupation. And we'll be hearing more about that from our relative, Rachel Thunder, in the next segments to come. So really, really looking forward to hearing um, what transpired last night and also um, what was said at the press conference today at MIWRC also in South Minneapolis. Um, so this has been your Native News with Zoe Allen, Chimi Gwich. Right on, Zoe. I really appreciate it. Hey, up next, we got Joe Vitell and Rachel Thunder. We're going to talk about the rooftop uh, 
uh, situation yesterday and get the get the word out to our relatives all over Turtle Island. Listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Stay with us, please. ho When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. The Senior Linkage Line is a free statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging, helping older Minnesotans and caregivers find answers and connect to services and supports. Questions about Medicare, transportation, looking to move to senior housing, overwhelmed with prescription drug plans? Call the Senior Linkage Line at 800-333-2433 or visit trellisconnects.org where we help people optimize well-being as they age. That's trellisconnects.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. RamseyCounty.us slash COVID vaccine. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute of Minneapolis. Thanks, Zoe. Hey, uh, great to see you, Joe Vitale, and of course, uh, Rachel Thunder. Um, uh, Joe, I want to go to you first, uh, and then we'll get into, Rachel, what happened last night. But, Joe, I've seen you boots on the ground on this issue from day one with the city council and, uh, and you speaking, uh, good words. Uh, welcome to Native Roots Radio and, and thanks so much for being on Joe. No, miigwech for having me. Uh, hope, uh, hello all my relatives. My name is South Mountain, uh, Joe Vital. I am a citizen of the Red Lake Nation and also a proud Mexican. Um, and as Robert has described, I have been a part of the Roof Depot fight for the past two and a half years. However, it's been going on for eight. Um, I'm part of the newest iteration of the struggle. And what we are talking about today is the idea of con- community autonomy of what their neighborhood looks and feels like. And what we're especially concerned with in this particular issue is the Roof Depot, which sits at 28th and Longfellow. Uh, which has a legacy of industrial pollution that goes all the way back to the 1940s, uh, where there was originally a pesticide plant that dumped arsenic in the neighboring community going up to the 60s. Uh, And unfortunately, that arsenic was encapsulated underneath the Roof Depot building, uh, you know, amongst many things, you know, that pesticide uh, arsenic was allowed to drift into the neighboring community, and it was allowed to do so for decades where that site was then declared a Superfund site in the early 2000s with cleanup going up to the uh, about 2017 was when the last home was, uh, the soil had to be physically removed. So that's, you know, back in 2017, that's when the soil was removed. Uh, when the site, uh, the designation status was then removed, uh, community had an idea as to what to do with the Roof Depot building because by then uh, the community came aware that, you know, the owner wanted to sell and the community wanted to buy the building and retrofit it to become a multi-use 
uh, mixed use development project. And, you know, there were uh, countless community meetings that took place uh, in which, you know, and we're talking about meetings with multicultural groups because East Phillips is very, is heavily uh, diverse. It's one of the most uh, diverse communities in the state, uh, at least per capita. We're talking about our East African relatives, our Latinx relatives from Mexico and Guatemala, uh, as well as Little Earth resides there. So our indigenous relatives are there in our white uh, relatives and all came together uh, to come up with this this project to address some of the root issues they are experiencing daily. So we were talking about fresh foods because East Phillips is currently a food desert. You know, we're talking about green jobs, a job training facility where folks would be trained in on, you know, how to maintain solar panels, electrical vehicle maintenance, you know, green, thinking about the future, that green economy, as well as having public space, because if anybody who is listening has tried to reserve space for a meeting let alone a training, it is nearly impossible because public space is at a premium. Unfortunately, the city of Minneapolis uh, used eminent domain on the owner and forcibly took the site uh, from them to expand its current work uh, work um, facility that is neighboring of Roof Depot there on 27th in Hiawatha. And what they want to do is demolish the building and expand its truck yard to consolidate all of the diesel diesel vehicles as well as their equipment uh, on this site. And I mentioned briefly that East Phillips is highly diverse. It's also incredibly poor. Uh, the average income in the area is about $33,000 for the, the family. And it actually drops significantly to $10,000 for our relatives in Little Earth. And so we're talking about a very diverse, deeply poor area and it's also a green zone, which is a city policy that mandates that the city, you know, invest in green infrastructure in the area, that it reduces air pollution in the area. However, this is a classic example of environmental racism where the city is ignoring its own environmental policies because it, it, it messes with their profit margins. Because, you know, I talked about the consolidation efforts that's going into this project. And those other facilities that currently house the trucks, that currently house the equipment, are in prime real estate. We're talking about real estate in southwest Minneapolis, northeast Minneapolis. They're in downtown Minneapolis, all premium, where they want to sell to developers to make a profit. And the city claims this will reduce emissions, except they're centralizing the pollution that comes with this project in East Phillips. And that's after the fact that they... Uh, expose the residents to arsenic, which again would trigger the Superfund status. Wow, Joe, uh, that's amazing uh, uh, what you just said there. One of the things I want to uh, ask you, and probably last time I knew that when you had a diesel engine, you had to warm it up for a long time, and especially in this weather. So to consolidate uh, that air, as you spoke earlier, with X amount of trucks is just insane. It's completely backwards. And, you know, I talked about the policy that, you know, dictates that the city needs to reduce uh, emissions in these areas. You know, East Phillips is inside of a, uh, a green zone. You know, it's the south side green zone. There's a north side green zone next to Northern Metals and where Upper Harbor used to be. But we all know that when it comes to the almighty dollar, our government will look the other way for its own benefit. And I'm glad you talked about, you know, warming up a vehicle because this isn't just one truck. This isn't even just a fleet of trucks. We're talking about hundreds of vehicles. This, the site plans include 888 parking spots for its entire fleet. So we're talking about significant pollution that is coming into this area. And Roof Depot or the city's project is just like, the tipping point of the problems that exist there. We're talking about Hiawatha runs across, uh, Cedar Avenue cuts right through East Phillips. And then, you know, I'm not even discussing Smith Foundry uh, and bituminous roadways that is an asphalt plant that also uh, pollutes the neighborhood. So yeah. we're just adding to that cumulative impact. 
And I want to let our uh, Wisconsin relatives know we, we're all over Turtle Island and uh, on civic media and, of course, on uh, the local AM 950 here that this is a poor part, as Joe said, poor part of town. So we get into uh, this, uh, you know, not showing up, not caring. You know, these meetings go on during the day when people are trying to work. Uh, they, You know, uh, Rachel, I want to grab you, get you in here and one of the things I wanted to say that I think you brought up or one of our newscasts were brought up about this specifically is that the uh, the language of the invite was only in English. And we have so many diverse people here, Rachel. Right. No, that was um, a comment, in fact, that was brought up by Jolene Jones um, from Little Earth at our press conference today at MIWRC. And, you know, initially when there were meetings happening about the site, the invitations went out um, to different communities here. And all of the invitations were sent in English. When you have one of the most diverse, the most diverse community in Minneapolis, you have, um, you know, your... Um, Latina, Hispanic community, you have, you know, Somalian community, and none of these invites were sent out in any of those languages other than English. So, of course, you know, they just threw them in the trash. And then on top of that, not one single invite was sent to one home at Little Earth. You know, out of over 200 homes, they just decided to not send those invitations out to the largest indigenous population here in South Minneapolis. Well, Rachel, I uh, appreciate you being on today. And I think as we, we went live uh, when you left us yesterday and uh, played some uh, video that was going live out there, of course, with not the audio, because you never know who's going to swear. Ho, uh, but uh, uh, it looked like uh, we were dealing with Standing Rock with line three with uh with uh the uranium and the black hills all these things where we had uh overabundance of police last night to uh round us up uh you know and uh thank you for for being there and I want to we got a, less than a minute left here in this segment and um I want to really talk to you about what went down because um, this is not right. And this is, again, attack mm-hmm. on Native Americans, uh, peaceful protesters that can't speak their mind in a city that's supposed to be diverse. But we know each day that this is not what's what Minneapolis is about, whether it's the police department, whether it's the mayor, whether it's uh, officials that, you know, Joe has been dealing with. I mean, I saw Joe... Uh, at the city council and uh, you know these are people are supposed to be supporting us so Rachel we're going to jump dive deep into this and Joe stay on too because uh, this is so important for all our people around Turtle Island to hear what's still going on to us brown and black people all over Turtle Island here and it's uh, well it's sickening so we'll come back in a few seconds Thank you so much, you guys, for being on. We'll be right back. This is Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Stay with us, please. ho Hey, Twin Cities, Latunji with Latunji's Palette Bakery and Cafe, located at 1400 Park Avenue South in the Elliott Park community. We invite you to discover the best peach cobbler, coffee, soups, salads, and sandwiches in the Twin Cities. And also, you can find my delectable treats at North Market Grocery Store, Annex Farmer's Market, Plant-Based Pop-Up, Bobby and Steve's, Handsome Hog, and our website, latunjispalette.com. That's latunjispalette.com. Progressive change doesn't just happen. It takes dedication and a lot of hard work. 25 years ago, the databank pioneered a new generation of software tools for progressive organizations here in Minnesota. Since then, thousands of organizations have used the databank to create progressive change. Today, the databank continues to help progressive organizations like AM950. To have the databank help your organization build capacity and create more change, text CHANGE to 612-540-0500 or go to thedatabank.com. The databank, a quarter century of dedication and hard work for progressive organizations. 
Do you believe in ghosts? Ever wondered if aliens from other planets visit the Earth? Have you ever thought about whether Bigfoot is real? My name is Greg Bakken, and on my new show, Ghost Box Radio, we'll have these conversations about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, or just the unusual, bringing together guests who are experts in these fields. Join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. for Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken on AM 950, even if you're a skeptic. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about the joy of live fire cooking. Cooking over a live fire is the oldest and most basic form of cooking. What's new is in the way a fire is handled and its heat is managed. It's easier to experience and enjoy the smell and taste of food cooked over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs live fire grills, fire pits, and ovens. Let us help you experience the smell, the taste, the fun of cooking with fire. Pizza was first made and is still best made in an open fire oven. The radiant and conductive heat of a live fire is unmatched for wood roasting and baking artisan breads, too. Come see the many ways you can cook over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, cancel culture. Uh, when celebrities get canceled, they usually just end up whining about it on their Netflix special. But some ordinary people also get mobbed online. They can even lose their jobs. Because they got caught on camera spewing hateful bigotry? Or because they said something innocent that got misunderstood? Cancel culture, next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. on AM 950. Hey, it's Patrick. February is the month for love, but when was the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? If your carpet hasn't been professionally cleaned, you are breathing unhealthy levels of nasty dirt, dander, bacteria, and germs that keep recirculating again and again. And what's worse, you're going to be stuck inside breathing that nasty stuff for months. Lucky for you, Zero Res is going to spread the love for you and your home with their Love Your Rug special. Get three rooms zero resified from the Twin Cities' number one carpet cleaner starting at just 119 bucks. Plus, this month only, they are throwing in a free hallway to sweeten the deal. But hurry, this deal won't last long. And because love has no limits, Zero Rest is going to take 75 bucks off your air duct cleaning. You owe it to yourself and your family to breathe healthy, happy, and clean. Call Zero Res right now, 9520Res, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM950 special. Zero Res. AM950, KTNF, St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Winter storm warning remains in effect tonight as we expect another 7 to 11 inches of snow with a low around 12, and then Thursday another 2 to 4 inches of snow with a high near 15. Scott Jamamas offers huge taste out of a little place. They offer mouth-watering baby back ribs, grilled chicken, and half-pound pulled pork sandwiches. Located at 3 West Diamond Lake Road near the intersection of Nicollet Avenue and West Diamond Lake Road in Minneapolis. Find their winter hours and full menu at scottjamamas.com. This is Winona Duke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for the future generations. Ow! <laughs> okay, that's usually the last segment, but uh, you got me surprised there, and uh, uh, we're here with a. Uh, uh, I was going to say uh, Joe Vitel and Rachel Thunder. And what I want to do, Rachel, is talk about tomorrow, uh, yesterday morning, um, the American Indian Movement, uh, people from all over the community came to this area and had mm-hmm. put up a teepee. That's that start from the morning and uh, end up where the police came. Right. So yesterday at sunrise, members of the American Indian Movement Little Earth Protectors, Indigenous community members, and allies entered the gates outside of the Sears Warehouse at East 27th and Longfellow Avenue at the Roof Depot, beginning a ceremonial occupation of the Roof Depot site. We lit a spirit fire, um, held a sunrise ceremony that was run by Fred DeCharle, uh, filled our pipes, 
we put up a teepee and began setting up camp, um, you know, in a prayerful and a ceremonial way. Um, and I also wanted to thank everyone who supported and helped. The outpouring of support from the community and allies is beautiful, uplifting, and um, unifying of the South Minneapolis community. And during the entire occupation, um, there was never any drugs, alcohol, weapons, violence. Um, none of that was present at Camp Ninakasi. And the prayer and ceremony held at this site was led by indigenous community members for the betterment, protection, and health of all of South Minneapolis community, the land, and future generations to stop demolition that's set for the 27th of February. Right. So the day went on. Um, mm -hmm. I saw there was food. saw there was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, coffee. I saw there was uh, people sharing and talking to each other in a good way. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then and then um, later on when you were on our show, basically all hell broke loose. <laughs> yes. So the entire Minneapolis Police Department encircled the neighborhood at 6 15 p.m and we were actually getting calls from some of our relatives um that live close to hiawatha saying there's hundreds of police officers coming your way there were so many that they took up in the entirety of hiawatha and were blocking intersections and holding up traffic um they shut down all of hiawatha 26th street 27th 28th and even the footbridge that crosses hiawatha um, the Minneapolis Police Department surrounded Camp Ninakasi and ordered us to disperse within 10 minutes. The police department used um, a saw to cut through the chain link fence on the south side of camp. And police began detaining our, our women, aunties, and women around 7.15 p.m., including myself, along with about seven other indigenous relatives that were in prayer and ceremony at that time. So, Rachel, uh, one of the things that the police do now, I heard, and maybe, Joe, you can jump in, too, is they will not arrest people. They put them in the car and drive them a long ways away, and then there's no arrest report but yet they've broke up this, uh, in our case, a peaceful, prayerful, prayerful uh, occupation and dropped you off in the middle of nowhere to come fend for, it, fend for yourself and get back to your car and get people to pick you up. Is that what happened last night? Yeah. So um, when we were arrested, I was told that I was going to be taken downtown and that... Um, they were going to make sure that I stayed down there as long as possible, that they would draw the process out as long as possible. Um, and then a call came in from higher up and said that it would be bad for optics if they brought me downtown. So they kept transferring me between different cruisers. At one point, my leg was injured when one of the officers was trying to shove my right leg um, into the vehicle because I couldn't get my leg in there. I actually had to go get um, go to the doctor today to get that looked at. Um, and they said that they were charging me with a misdemeanor for trespassing. And, but they never read me my rights. They never gave me any paperwork. They ended up then putting me in a van and then into another cruiser and said that they were just going to take me somewhere and drop me off. And I asked them to take me to Little Earth and they said no, that they wouldn't do that, that it was too close and that I would just come back. Um, we drove around for a little bit, and then they ended up finally dropping us off in the street um, in front of Homeward Bound Shelter, the AICDC shelter. Um, they didn't want to go into the parking lot, so they dropped us off in the street there. Wow. Joe, uh, to your knowledge, is that what the what's happening now? Is that what the Minneapolis police are about? So there's no record in uh, their actions because they're not arresting people now? Yeah, that's correct. It's something we've seen ever since the uprising uh, uh, after the murder of George Floyd uh, by the Minneapolis Police Department back in 2020, uh, where we had the uh, peaceful protests disrupted by police uh, going up uh, 35. And those folks, you know, hundreds of folks were picked up and dropped off across the Twin Cities um, with, like you said, no ride, 
uh, having to fend for themselves. At the time, this reasoning, uh, the reasoning was because uh, the jail cells were full and uh, COVID was an issue. But nowadays it is to intimidate um, and discourage activists from participating in future actions. However, it's not going to work in this instance. We see through the lies and, you know, we don't see yesterday as a loss, as Rachel mentioned. Uh, so many of our relatives came together because what we know is righteous um, and we will be back. Maybe not in that site, but uh, as we'll discuss in a little bit, uh, we will be back in different forms. Yeah, that's where I, I kind of want to go next, Rachel, uh, without giving away uh, your plan Um this is not going to end, right? And even though we're going to have twenty inches of, of snow here, is the is the uh, what is it? The February twenty seventh date still uh, still a go? So, as far as we understand, yes, demolition is still set for February the twenty seventh. We drove by the site today, and they're reinforcing it with like a second layer of fence, kind of similar to how they barricade with fences um, after the riots with the concrete barriers at the bottom. Um, but no, you're, you're absolutely right, Robert. This, this fight isn't over. This prayer isn't over. And, you know, a point that I wanted to make too, is that the Minneapolis police department, you know, states that they are not going to be responding to nonviolent crimes. So why did they respond in such a force to this? It was crazy. The amount of police officers that were there, like I never see one police officer show up for any, you know, anything here in our communities, not for drug dealers for, um, you know, our women being trafficked, for John's, you know, patrolling our neighborhoods, for our missing murdered indigenous women. Um, but the entire Minneapolis police department can show up because Mayor Fry ordered it, um, you know, for a peaceful, prayerful, sober, no drugs, no alcohol, no weapons, no violence, you know, none of those things present in our camp, you know, in grounded in prayer and ceremony. It just, it doesn't surprise me. Wow, Joe. You know what do we what do we say to these politicians? And I know, a Fry, for instance, came to the community uh, for the vote, promised things. What do we say? And what do we say to these politicians that really, I don't know, basically lied to us just to get our vote? To simply put it, yeah, I think it's something you've been advocating uh, for our relatives for a long time, Robert. Which is remember account for how our politicians vote and if they don't vote in favor of our community we have to vote them out we have to remember that fry will be going up for re-election as well as all uh, city council members well fry is in two years but other city council members are this year so this is the way we hold folks accountable which is knowing when uh the, the caucus dates are and then also you know um becoming getting involved with all of that and making sure that we get these folks out of there and speaking your truth. Yeah. Um, we can't continue to have the, these, this type of genocide in our institutions. What a way to put it. Uh, Rachel, uh, what, what, what do we got going next here? What, what is our call to action to people that are listening, uh, people that live in the twin cities and all around turtle mm -hmm. Island? I would say people that live in Minneapolis and in the Twin Cities call the, the city council members, you know, even those that are in different wards than for here than just South Minneapolis. Um, we are going to be pushing for a revote. City council has a meeting tomorrow at 930 and we are organizing a caravan from Little Earth to the city council meeting. So we're asking everybody to meet at Little Earth at eight. We're gonna be handing out um, $30 gas cards per vehicle. Um, and it's okay if you don't have a vehicle, there's gonna be plenty of space to jump into somebody else's car and we'll make sure that you get a ride back. Um, we just wanna make sure that we have as much representation there at city council at that meeting for our voices to be heard and unified. Wow, that's uh, perfect. Joe, uh... What's what's your thoughts? Uh, this is uh, what democracy looks like, uh, and we ha we aren't seeing that uh, from the bad guys' side. No, and we have to look at the bigger picture here, where it's embarrassing. Where I mean, granted, we want uh, the capital acting in the best interests of folks in the Twin Cities, or in fact, for all of folks of Minneapolis or Minnesota. But it's embarrassing where the city of Minneapolis is doing more harm to its residents than the state. And again, keep an account of how folks vote. 
you know, vote them out. Um, as Rachel said, the actions are not done. We have tomorrow. Then we have a block party on Sunday at 2 p.m. You know, the movement doesn't stop with yesterday, nor does it stop tomorrow. Wow. Good way to put that. We got mm-hmm. less than a minute of this segment, Rachel. I just want to uh, give you kudos uh for moving back to the Twin Cities here and and the strong native person that you are. Uh, I see you around the neighborhood. I see you at the Capitol. I see you at good places where you speak the truth. And I just want to personally uh, say it's great to have you here back in the Twin Cities and, and helping our, our people all over Turtle Island. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Robert. It's good to be here. So we got less than a minute left. You got anything uh to talk to our ask our relatives before we let them go. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you guys so much for being here. Oh my gosh, it's it's really important to hear from you um, as you were there and and your experiences too, Rachel. Just that is insane and good to know that you know MPD is not making arrests anymore. Um, I've been a part of a lot of Line Three stuff, and even since then, things have changed. Um, and it just seems like they are just ramping up their efforts every time. And so it is discouraging, but knowing that you guys are out there doing the good work, you know, yeah, makes it absolutely better. Show, show up at the Minneapolis City Council meeting tomorrow at 930. Let's do it. Rideshare available at Little Earth starting at 8. Thank you so much, you two, for being on. Um, you are our idols and your boots on the ground. Thank you, Joe. And thank you so much, Rachel. We'll be back after this short break. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Clinic located on Franklin Ave in Minneapolis. Hey, uh, we uh, prematurely said... uh, Hi, Juoni, to uh, Rachel Thunder. I know she's got a couple more things to uh, speak upon, which I uh, appreciate you staying on. If you didn't stay on, Rachel, that means Zoe and I would have to make up some stuff the last 10 minutes of the show. So I'm glad you're still on, and uh, uh, let's speak your truth. ho Thank you, Robert. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's important to remember that this land that we're here on in South Minneapolis and the Minneapolis community 
um, you know, falls under treaties that were signed with the Dakota people um, with Fort Snelling here in the early 1800s. And all of those treaties were broken and not honored by the United States government. Um, there were certain payments and resources that were to be made to the Dakota people and they were never received. So, you know, when we're peacefully there and when we're prayerfully there and we're arrested and charged with trespassing by the city of Minneapolis, how is that possible? Because all of this is stolen land. How can we as indigenous people be trespassing on stolen land? And the militarization of the Minneapolis Police Department is just another moment in this ongoing saga and war that the United States people has against our First Nations people as the original people of Turtle Island. Um, so I just wanted to share that, Robert, that, you know, yes, this is about the roof depot. Yes, this is about keeping pollution and toxins out of our communities. Yes, this is about having clean air and clean water for our people. But this is also about treaty rights. And, you know, that us as the original landlords of this land, so to say, um, that we have every right to pray, have ceremony, and anywhere that we want on this land, that because it's all sovereign indigenous land. That's a great point. And I think that's a thing that we, we like to talk about, but we don't talk about enough. We talk about it probably once a week, maybe on Tuesdays. Uh, when we talk about treaties, but uh, treaties do matter. And, uh, you know, there's been many treaties here in Minnesota, and the only treaty that uh, this country seems to uh, have a, have agreed upon is none. And um, that that uh, paints a pale picture for our people out there. And, I, and Rachel and Zoe, I, it's great that we're talking about this only because – we have so many uh, people out there. We have so many white uh, people that uh, want to help and want to learn. And, and we are all treaty people, as we talk about. The treaties work both ways. They're to protect not only us, but the other treaty signers. And we, we always have to bring that up again, Rachel. No, you're absolutely right, Robert. Treaties are sovereign nation to sovereign nation agreements. And so... There's terms for each of those sovereign nations. So in in the terms of these treaties that we're talking about specifically here, that would be sovereign nation as the Dakota people and the sovereign nation of the United States negotiating and agreeing on terms. And the terms by the Dakota people were upheld, but the terms by the United States government were not upheld. And what do we say uh, all the time? I see T-shirts, I see uh, <laughs> memes or memes or whatever they're called uh, about, uh, you know, we're in the Constitution that treaties are what? The supreme law of the land. And, it, you know, we get people talking about things like the Second Amendment and, and, and amendments that are, are very, how do you say, uh, convenient for the quoter, but mm-hmm. but not convenient for what's reality in, in these treaties and, and their constitution. Mm-hmm. No, you know, you're absolutely right. And there's a lot of issues that we face here as the indigenous community of South Minneapolis that is seems to be shared across Indian country. Um, You know, and many of those things are not being addressed by city, by the city of Minneapolis. Um, You know, one being the evictions of our unhoused relatives here on the streets of Minneapolis and the limited resources that is put towards them and the injustices that they face. And I mean, that is evident in this raid that came on our camp that was peaceful and prayerful and sober you know, all of all of those things and the entire Minneapolis Police Department showed up. And so I I personally feel and believe that these camp evictions should be illegal, um, especially during the winter months. It's a, it's a death. It's a death note. Yeah. Hey, you know, we only got a couple minutes left, but Rachel, I'm going to ask you to do something for us. When uh, you were at the Capitol, you spoke and you uh, quoted John Trudell. Do you remember what you said? Yes, I do. 
um, I said that runner. the oh, that these that the system, the system of oppression, these colonial governments like the United States, the only thing that they care about is power. But and power to them is money, and money is an illusion of power. And the only true power comes from the earth. And as indigenous people, that's where we draw our power. And that scares the government and these city governments as well. Exactly. And that's big reason why we couldn't, uh, you know, uh, do our own religion until 1978 when, uh, Rachel, I know I look young, but I was a junior in high school when that law changed. And, um, uh, it's the irony of there's only certain rights for certain people. And, um, we fall way behind on that as the people of this land, first nations, as the Canadian, uh, brothers and sisters talk about, but this is our land. And, you know, we are talking about land back. We're talking about things that uh, that are, are, are happening and they're going to happen. You know, I always told my students when I was in high school is that this this thing called uh, democracy is not going to last. It's a it's a uh, they're trying to do this and we need to be ready to take our land back because this is going to fail one day. And I always kidded with my kids and said, you're not ready. <laughs> learn your language. Learn to make food and, you know, those things. But there's there's things happening with somebody like you, with Zoe being young and Rachel, you're young. And um, it makes uh, older people like myself really, uh, uh, really thankful and grateful of the future of our indigenous uh, leaders like you two. I also wanted to just ask before you go, Rachel, um, are there is there a website an Instagram where people can donate or just you know stay updated with what's happening as this develops? Um, I know that the defend the depot um, Instagram is what I've been following. Is that what you'd recommend or? Yeah, so there's the defend the depot on Instagram and I believe on Facebook as well. And then I would follow um, Epney E P the East Phillips. Um, neighborhood institute that's epni follow them on on facebook as well well um again you know i'm really sitting here as a proud uncle uh rachel and zoe and ogma and all the young people that uh contribute to this show but also contribute to our community and um you know, to get our white allies out there listening and supporting us, which they want to do so dearly. And so it's good to have these good words out there. It's also good. Uh, you know, I'm getting texts right now from people that we all know and uh, listening to the show and and supporting uh, the American Indian movement with Rachel and, um, you know, Joe. And it, I, I'm just to really really happy and so grateful that you were on thank you zoe for the news hey you've been listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake we're still here we are the seventh generation free leonard peltier now <laughs>